Hey guys. How's it going? Welcome back to the Conscious Podcast. We are back. We're on episode four. Already? I know. I mean, it's been a month. Yeah. You Wow. He did basic <laughs> arithmetic. Oh, I shouldn't be clapping. You shouldn't be clapping. I'll be deafening people. It's been a whole month. It's quite the journey, isn't it, Roger? It's been... It's felt really quick, actually. Mm-hmm. What do you mean it felt quick? It did not feel quick. Oh, to me it did. <laughs> no, actually it does felt feel... felt like we were just sitting down for episode one like last week. No, actually it does feel really quick. Um, time goes by actually quite fast. Like it's already week four. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It is. I guess that's what happens when you love what you're doing. I guess so. So what are we talking about today, Roger? Well, okay. First thing we're going to be talking about, Brandon, is the fact that we haven't explained our format. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of strange. Normally, I think people do that on their first episode, but we do things a little different around here. Yeah, we jumped right into it. <laughs> so it's we're going to instant ex- consciousness. So episode four, our podcast is set up like this. Essentially, the um, other one of us brings in a topic um, that we don't really think about, we don't rehearse, and the other person is unfamiliar with what we're going to talk about that day. Yeah. They have no idea. So this sort of helps make That's it... That's me today. Yes. He doesn't know what I'm going to bring today. <laughs> Last week, I didn't know what he was bringing. Mm-hmm. So this sort of makes it a little bit of an interesting, you know, it's a conversation as opposed to us just delivering information. Our podcast is all about that. It's about sharing thoughts and ideas. You know, we want to speak about it. And because of that, because we're not rehearsing things, it's, cha- it's actually challenging for us. Yeah. Because we can make mistakes. We've already said things wrong already. And I think everyone knows this when they have a conversation. What do you mean we've said things wrong? Make it clear. We've said things that later we thought about and realized that's not actually what we think. Right. Or, you know, that was sort of more of a a thought at that time Mm -hmm. as opposed to something we, you know, deeply held. So it's not necessarily wrong. It's just our our thoughts or ideas have changed. Yeah, or we're just speaking about it. You know, we we haven't maybe... we haven't even maybe talked about it before. Right. Or we just had like a, a thought jump in our head. Yeah. And, and saying things out loud yeah. does change the way you think about it. Yeah, things, for sure. Believe it or not. And I'm pretty sure everyone's had that experience where they've been in a conversation mm-hmm. and they've said something. And then probably right after they've said something <laughs> or, or later that day, they're like, yeah. why did I say that? That's <laughs> like just wrong. So that's the challenge we have to go through. But because of that, because maybe we say some more controversial things sometimes as opposed to our, you know, precise, nuanced opinion, it's mm-hmm. going to just help you guys in, you know, getting thoughts going and maybe yeah. help you in sparking some conversation with your peers. Yeah. So, yeah, I do want to make it clear because some people have asked me, you know, you guys' opinions are really out there. Um, I actually don't think they're that far out there, but it is used to spark conversation. Mm-hmm. So we do take a, st- or at least I do, I do take a stance when I'm coming into the podcast because I know it's going to be th- different thought processes or it will make people think about it. Because if they don't agree with it, they'll be like, wait a second. But if they do realize they do agree with it, like, oh, I agree with this opinion. And when you are having a conversation, you will take a stance. Right. And it might not be a very refined stance. Mm -hmm. So that's all about, you know, having conversation, just talking things through, sharing ideas. Yeah. That's, you know, that's being put on the spot. That's the pressure of conversation and discussion. Yeah. Yeah, We're sharing our half-baked thoughts, Mm -hmm. our half-baked ideas. So I'm bringing in the topic today. Yeah. Brandon doesn't know. I haven't told him. I haven't really thought about it at all. But essentially, we as humans, we don't really like things that make us uncomfortable. People tend to shy away from those things, even if 
those are the things that actually make us better. I think everyone's known this. And this isn't actually the topic for today. What? I've just tricked Brandon. What is this curveball? <laughs> what I'm talking about today are those things that we don't get to choose to do. Things that happen to us, a very bad experience, mm -hmm. a negative event, something somebody said, a traumatic experience. Those things that, that just sort of happen to us, but they still have that result of making us a better human today. You know, when you're going through that, that time, it's not, it's a very traumatic sort of experience. Obviously, you're not thinking about it yeah. then, but yeah. then after you might have gotten some values or learned something through it. That's what we're talking about today. And just because of putting people make um, and just because <laughs> oh I want to make people uncomfortable, I'm gonna ask Brandon to share something that maybe I know something happened to you recently. Yeah, it was pretty traumatic. But I yeah. know there's been a bunch of things that caused you spite or was mm -hmm. a difficult experience that you had to go through, but that made you better today. One thing I do want to touch on. The first thing I want to touch on is loss. Um. I think it's clear that loss is extremely uncomfortable and unwanted. Even if it's just um, on the macro, like you lost your keys or your, your wallet or your That'd phone. micro. I mean, that's what I said, right? No, you said macro. Okay. <laughs> Even you know those big things, like when you lose <laughs> the key, yeah, yeah, right, right. you may feel like that at the time. No, those are small things. I meant to say micro. Even on the micro, sometimes on the macro when you lose another person or a loved one or uh, a pet. Mm -hmm. Losses are very uncomfortable, and it's not even the, the and fact they're completely that, out of your control, completely. almost always. And it's not even the fact that it's uncomfortable; it's the process of it. Because the more you know it's coming, or when when you first realize it's coming, that's when you're most uncomfortable. Um, because you're not really accepting it yet. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it really throws you off. For me, recently, uh, I got a kitten. Her name is Bambi adorable little kid. She's probably the sweetest thing I have ever owned or come in contact with, period. 10 weeks old, right? 10 weeks old. Yeah, she's a little she's a little girl. And when I got her 2 or 3 weeks ago, I immediately took her to go get some vaccines. And we got the vaccines and her back legs just stopped working. Like there was no At first they worked a little bit and then it got to the point where there was no movement. She couldn't hold in her pee. Um so obviously we rushed and, to the. And, and how long did you have her before you got the vaccines? Two weeks? A, a week. week? Yeah. And by that point, you already fell in love with this kitten. I yeah, imagine. yeah. It's it, it's immediate attraction. Um, I mean, how can you not love a kitten? And you weren't a, a cat person too. You were a dog person. Yes. You you be, adopted this kitten that me, somebody else didn't want, right? Let me be very clear. I did not think I was a cat person. <laughs> I did not think I'd ever own a cat. I did not think I'd ever take in a cat, rescue a cat. I never thought anything like that would happen, but it happened. And now I feel like I'm so attracted to this kitten that it sort of changed my perspective of all kittens and all cats. So I do have a, a love for, obviously I still, you know, like my dogs, but it's almost like the scales have tipped. I think I like kittens more than dogs <laughs> at this current moment. But anyways, we went to the vet. We, we rushed to the vet because obviously her back legs are not working. We did hundreds and hundreds of dollars of exams and we found nothing. They didn't know what it was. They said it could have been um, something related to the vaccine. And this is where it starts to get very, very uncomfortable because something has happened. A traumatic event has happened. 
and nobody knows what it is and no one can tell you you completely have no control over anything you can't even control what it, you can't even control the fact of you knowing it because you don't know nobody knows no doctor knows and at this point i've seen three different professional veterinarians and nobody knows what's going and on it's just tests right? it's just tests yeah they did blood work and all of this and still nothing um so hundreds and hundreds of dollars more of tests and it's it's really hard because like i said you develop an attraction to this cat mm-hmm. immediately you love her without a doubt so it got to the point where you get that news that nobody knows what's going on just take her home and then come back later boy that hits you hard (laughs) um it really destroyed it really destroyed but at this point i wasn't that emotional about it though it was uncomfortable it did not set in you know it takes time Mm -hmm. for you to get really emotional about it so i wasn't that emotional until recently we went back and the doctor felt around, right? She felt around all the times, but this time she really like felt around. And she uh, found immense pain in a certain part of this kitten's body part, which I did not know because I felt Damn. around myself. I was like, maybe there's something going on here, but I, nothing happened. Um, some doctors said she could have just been being dramatic. Um, but anyways, we did all that. And the third time we did more, 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 more tests. And that's when we waited for the test to be reviewed by another professional, a radiologist. They said, uh, they said she was, might've been a little bit of a diva, right? That's what they said. Yeah. That's what they said. They <laughs> said she might've been, you know, a little over, you know, <laughs> so it happens to the best of us. It, it does. Um, so that gave me a little comfort, you know, I was back in like a comfortable position. Like, mm. Oh, she may, she may be overreacting. Um, which somebody told me in the beginning, but I don't believe them because obviously she's not operating how she <laughs> when, should. Be. When your cat's legs aren't working, it's not like ah, right. you know, they're just being you know silly. Right. It's like no, their legs aren't working. <laughs> so just recently, the the vet called, and she said all the exams and the scans came back right, and the radiologist said it could be three things. It could either be a some sort of blood clotting in a certain area that's causing the issue it could be which this is what they think it is an infection in the vertebrae in one of her discs which causes the disc to be um hollow and extremely fragile so if she like runs the wrong way yeah and this point she was her legs started working again oh yes her legs like she after the third visit we woke up the next day and she was like she was turned on like <laughs> i don't know what happened nope no and nobody can tell me anything about it they just think oh that's fantastic that's fantastic but there's what can we do like nobody knows what's going on no matter how many tests we did nobody knew what was going on and the third option was cancer um i don't think any of the obviously the worst one is cancer because that returns mm-hmm. you know the other stuff you can treat and it be gone or at least um, further than cancer would it'd be harder to come back than cancer um so that those are the three options they gave me and the treatment is easier exactly especially on a little kit yeah as you can imagine i've been extremely uncomfortable and it really does affect your day-to-day oh for sure i've i mean i've i've noticed that like uh, you, you, you know seeing you day to day yeah i even, mean it's just it's even the stress all everything about it makes you uncomfortable my cat is sick they want all this money. I'm going back and back and back and back to the vet. There was some days she stayed over. I didn't mention this. She stayed over a night at the vet. I did not. Those are all of it is uncomfortable because it's like I'm sitting here 
I have this kitten that was perfectly fine before we vax the vax the vaccinators that whoever makes the vaccines you get frustrated with them it's immense stress but they did pay for her. yeah he was really fortunate they they followed up with the yeah. the vaccine people and yeah. they even though they realized it wasn't their fault because obviously yeah now the, now the vet, they did right the vet the vets communicate with the people who make the vaccines and they realize it wasn't their fault but the vaccine did have a, an effect on whatever the condition was mm-hmm. it didn't flare it to a massive amount yeah so all of it makes me uncomfortable and it's sometimes you just have to break down at, at some point all the stress and anxiety because you're thinking about the past and the future comes up on you and i think we we brushed on that last week that if you're thinking in the future yeah you're gonna be anxious if you're thinking about the past you're gonna be depressed yeah. and these sort of events that's all that's on your mind yeah it's so, hard to be in the present I did shed a few tears, but after careful analysis a few days later, right? Because I do analyze myself as I do everybody else. I was like, I didn't shed any tears for Bambi. I shed all those tears because I had that depressive state from the past and that anxiety from the future. And they sort of just bombarded me Mm -hmm. all at once. And then that's, that's when you start to break down. That's when the uncomfortableness really sets in when you when you realize oh, i really don't have any control over any of this no, at all but nothing you can do exactly um and, and you say it's not for bambi because bambi's still she's yeah she's, she's doing kicking. well she's yeah doing <laughs> exactly better than ever which yeah. is why i talk about this because she is doing better than ever mm-hmm. so i'm quite optimistic especially now that she's being treated mm-hmm. but it's sort of like she's a conduit for yeah. you to fall back into that trap of being in the past and yeah. and in the future. Yeah, that's why it's really hard. What if it happens again? Because mm-hmm. now they've told me, no, we're not going to give... Because she's supposed to have vaccines this weekend. But we're not obviously not going to do that because we don't know what the reaction would be to anything that's going to happen. Um, so it is still a, a high level of uncomfort. And this uncomfortableness, people think you're, you're uncomfortable all the time. No, no, no. Especially when you're dealing with loss... There are times when I'm absolutely fine. Yeah, and then it'll be a simple moment. I don't even have to be thinking about anything or whatever. It'll just pop in me and, and I'm suddenly extremely uncomfortable and I don't want to be in this area and I don't want to talk to people and I don't want to do anything, you know? And I'm doing this for a kitten or so I thought, you know? It's really my depression and anxiety, which I do not have, but it's those states of me thinking about the past and the future. So it is really hard because you really have to take control over your mindset mm-hmm. because it's and, and to keep you know moving forward and not just fall yeah. into that you know self-loathing, self-misery. Yeah, because it'll know, keep that, happening. That mental state that you know just it's, isn't productive for anything. It's like it's the snowball effect because you you're going downhill. You're the, going to accumulate more. The, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, <laughs> you, there's, there's all these little yeah. things. And then it's just one thing that triggers. Yeah. One thing. And it's you, like I said, you have to try to control your mindset. And I don't, I, I don't know how to do that. It's really just, well, that's certainly something that isn't taught in school. No, absolutely not. It's really just more doing things and experimenting and being conscious of how you feel in that current moment. Because, Nobody can tell you how to regain your happiness or how to feel comfortable. Be happy in the first place. Right. None of that can be taught or learned from anywhere. How to deal with loss. 
uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to go th- basically just you have to go through it, and right? Eventually, hopefully, you'll right. get better at dealing with it. I want to speak about how that uncomfortableness has changed me and my perspective. Yeah, because um, that's what this is. This topic was about finding. Yeah, you know that sort of. Obviously, you're still going through that. Yeah. So it's hard for you to draw any positives right now, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sure you have. One hundred percent. I actually think what well, now I can say I've drawn a lot of positives because I I thought I was an optimist before, which I don't like spitting that term out there. Um, it's just me being you know happy and seeing a positive outlook on life. Um, I thought I was that before. I actually never thought he was a optimist. No, no, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was that before, but now it's really like I feel like I'm actually one. I don't really have to think it anymore because even the way I see my day to day, like th- my day to day conversations have changed because I-, I automatically find myself going, "Oh, it could be worse." Mm. With everything, I mean. I, I would have pinned you as an optimistic pessimist. Yeah. Explain. Uh, I feel like you're someone who's very positive, mm-hmm. but you're so positive because you are more pessimistic in nature, mm-hmm. and you sort of need that positivity to balance that out. I'm not a psychologist, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about it like I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it kind of does make sense. So, um, Especially you have some very, some very um, thoughts that, some people would be like, what the fuck? This guy is yeah. like, I mean, I remember once you said, oh, I worked so hard because I don't know if I'll wake up tomorrow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and out of context, that seems completely yeah. nonsense. Yeah. So that's a very pessimistic you thought. You see, when you, when you say it like that, it does make a lot of sense because I do, I do say those things. Um, and those things probably make a lot of people uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. But it's, it's it's how I live. <laughs> it's true, you know. Mm-hmm. Why do you work? Well, I mean, why do you work so hard? Well, you don't know if you're gonna wake up the next morning. Yeah, you gotta get like, it done now. <laughs> yeah, like why 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 would I not do it? You know, it it, it I feel like that's my that's how I was born. Mm. I can't really think about it any other way. I can't go. I don't even know how a regular person. I don't know. So I, I'd say I'm opposite to you, mm-hmm. and that I'm a pessimistic optimist. Ah. Uh. And that I, I deep down have, I'm very positive in my outlook on mm-hmm. life, but I'm I'm so into dark comedy and, <laughs> and negative things, and yeah. I but I have no problem sort of dwelling in that mm-hmm. because deep down I'm I'm positive. Speaking about comfort, do you think this is something we can control? Because How this is this, this is this is a mindset thing. Um, certainly, there's a, there's a level of control you can have, mm-hmm. um, especially you know you can condition yourself to be in a better state of mind. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure everyone's gone through a part that uh, of their lives where things were really really bad, mm-hmm. um, and they had a very maybe negative outlook on life. But if they aren't the same person now than they were then, clearly there that is evidence that you can change your outlook, um, even down to yeah. you know. If your circumstances change, yeah, your outlook's going to change. Well, tell me, Roger, what what is comfort? Because I may have it all skewed. I may be just spitballing something that's not comfort. I may be, just be spitballing loss and stress. What is comfort? Because 
I, I, I don't I don't have a definition in my head. No, especially because you are somebody who always likes to go outside of mm-hmm. their comfort zone. I'm I'm someone like that too, but probably even to a lesser extent mm-hmm. than you. But comfort it's gonna be when you're at peace. Mm-hmm. When you're I, I'd say really comfort is your when you're complacent. I, I associate, you know, high level of comfort with complacency. So mm-hmm. it's almost a negative. I want comfort you know to an extent, uh, I mean, as humans, you want more comfort. The more yeah. comfort, yeah. the better. Mm-hmm. But I, I try to balance that out with what's going to be good for me. Yeah. Because it is uncomfortable to record these podcasts. It is. It is very... It's, it's uncomfortable to start the podcast. Um, I find I find myself trying to find the comfort in being uncomfortable. So instead of finding the comfort in the... the, 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 the the elements of what I'm, whatever I'm doing, like talking to people or doing the podcast, I try to find comfort in the fact that I'm uncomfortable in this moment. Uh, it, for me, it seems to be working because all my life, that's really, well, well not you, all my, you put yourself, oh, don't know what happened there. <laughs> uh, too much water down the wrong pipe. See, that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was all a brilliantly designed <laughs> example. But yeah, so maybe my, my thought of comfort and loss don't really agree with each other because, or maybe they do, but I, since I don't have a, a correct notion of what comfort is, even though you've explained it, I still feel like, I don't know, you know, I can't, I can't accurately tell you if that loss had to deal with comfort. No, I take it back. Now that I've said it out loud, <laughs> I definitely feel that it has to do with comfort. And it made me extremely uncomfortable, which is something that doesn't happen often because I find comfort in being uncomfortable. But that extreme uncomfort, no, I don't cross levels, over there. There's levels to everything. Yeah, I don't cross over there often. And that's not one that's particularly benefit benefiting. Yeah. So, of course, you're not going to go to that level. Yeah. You know, you make yourself uncomfortable by going into a new program, exactly. recording a podcast, just doing something like yeah. that. Going not, to the going to the real life cashier instead of the electronic machine. See, one. I'm, I, I I love my real life cashier. <laughs> I, hate, I hate checking myself out. I want to have a conversation with the person that checks me out, even yeah. if it's completely. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, oh, I'm doing well. Find everything you need. Yep, and that's it. Well, you see, it, it, I like the idea of talking to people, but it's not comfortable. No, I'm not. I don't find comfort in talking to people. I, I, well, again, because you're, you're introverted. Exactly. I want that to be very, because people think I actually like talking to them. I don't. I don't <laughs> like talking. I don't. You I don't, don't like talking to No, me I then? don't like talking to people. It's extremely uncomfortable. But since I found that comfort in being uncomfortable, I can do it. Mm. And I can do it pretty good. I'd say so. But I don't, in, like, if, if, I, if I had a choice, like if somebody told me, talk to this person or don't talk to this person, I would probably choose not to talk to this person. If I wasn't in my whole comfort, uncomfort head, you know, well, I mean, even down to society has encouraged you not to be so introverted. Mm-hmm. Everyone's encouraged if they're introverted to be more extroverted. Yeah. At least in uh, North America. Yeah. And I think that itself makes you uncomfortable because around me, everybody makes me uncomfortable. There's not a single person. I mean, it's down to my family members, you, <laughs> all of my peers, everyone, everyone makes me uncomfortable. For different reasons, obviously, but mm. it's not, 
if I lived my life saying, oh, I'm uncomfortable, let me stop, let me not do this anymore, I wouldn't be doing anything, I wouldn't see anybody, nothing would happen, because everything makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gotten a kitten, I wouldn't have been back and forth to the vet, I wouldn't have been doing any of that. You just turn off. I, yeah, exactly. You'd probably be comfortable then. I, I'd be <laughs> comfortable then. But I, I, that's why I think my perception is skewed, because everything is uncomfortable. Even laying in bed all day. That does sound uncomfortable. Yes. What is comfort? Exactly. That's 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 my question. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's definition of comfort is going to be um, personalized to themselves. Has to be. Are you comfortable editing? Oh. Brandon used to be a video editor, yeah. essentially full time, um, and he basically would just sit down and edit because he yeah. wasn't really enjoying it anymore. Um, that's why he's not doing it anymore. Yeah. But my question is, were you comfortable there? Because was I or am I now? Were you and are you if you were to do it again? Obviously, you're not doing it right now. Well, now, obviously, it makes me extremely uncomfortable. I just did a thing, right? A big thing. Like, I had a PC that I used to work on and edit all the time. I've gotten rid of it. Yes. Because you got rid of your PC? I've gotten rid of it. You sold it? I've sold it. It was a phase in my life where I was very into editing. And this wasn't very long ago, this phase. Not very long I accompanied you in this phase. Yeah. Because we you, were doing that type of thing together. Yep. It's true. The PC was four months old. You know, it's like it's a new toy. Um, but it was making me uncomfortable sitting there on my desk. I don't use it because it was an editing machine. And it's just sitting there now. And I got extreme discomfort from it. And I was like, why? Why am I getting discomfort from this? It was a time in my life where I was doing something that... I really didn't want to do something that gave me immense anxiety and stress, which is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell the difference at the time. I didn't know because I didn't find the other thing that I actually wanted, or the, the, the entire macro of what I wanted to do. Um, I was focused on that one thing, fooling myself. Convince, you convinced it. yourself. Yes. Um, so get, I feel it was the person you thought you wanted to be as, to, as yeah. opposed to the person you actually wanted to be. Exactly. So selling the PC for me was like getting rid of that. And I felt so relieved after I knew it was sold, which is strange to say, but I felt so relieved after I knew it was sold. It's like, oh, that part of me is gone. Mm -hmm. And I, I gained a little bit of comfort. So I would say when I was doing it, I was uncomfortable. And now I'm uncomfortable. But since I've sort of displaced that part of me away, I've given it away, I gained a little bit of comfort back because... The, the PC's not so sitting. you found you you just found something that is comforting. Did I find something that was comforting, or did I get rid of something that was not comforting? Regardless, you have found. Uh, yeah, regardless, yeah. I have gained some yeah. comfort. Have you experienced some something that has caused discomfort, extreme discomfort? I'm going to say yes, Brandon. Matter okay. of fact, I have. Uh, sort of interesting too, because. Kind of similar to your story. At least there's some striking parallels there. Mm -hmm. When I was in ninth grade, I got incredibly ill. Mm -hmm. I was bedridden for, I want to say, 13 weeks. Almost an entire semester. I came back with like one or two weeks until exams. The whole time, I had no idea what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Nobody did. I had shooting earaches, a terrible, basically nonstop headache, and I ran a fever the entire 13 weeks. 
you know, that's just a miserable place to be, yeah. especially in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. So I saw 10 different doctors. I went down to, you know, like Sick Kids Hospital, which is a very prestigious hospital. And I was told there that I might have cancer. Oh, but they didn't know. Oh. I had MRIs. I had CAT scans. I had, you know, the works, x-rays. I was put on so many different courses of antibiotics, uh, prednisone, just, just things that um, oh, they're just trying to medicate me up. Mm -hmm. um, something might work. I'm very fortunate that I lived in Canada or else... I definitely wouldn't be going to full sale now because it would have been, you know, that's because yeah. Canada, Canada, you get medical treatment for free, right? Yes. So or, you know, at least most things yeah. like I, the, I got the cat stands, the MRIs. I saw those doctors without having to pay. Yeah. So very that's, good. you know, mm -hmm. very, very fortunate for that. Um, I was very, very fortunate too, that the last doctor I, I went to, um, was more of a symptomologist. He was an old school guy. He was on the, the board of Canada for, you know, like infectious diseases, something along those lines. But essentially, he just talked to me, talked to me for about an hour about what I was going through, basically my whole story of, of being sick. And at the end of them, and at the end of the, the session, he predicted what I actually might have. It was a Bartonella disease, which is a, a disease that actually comes from cats. And my cat wow. gave it to me. Wow. Um, at least it might not have been Bartonella exactly, but it was something, you know, very close in the family. There's tons of tons of, you know, diseases that aren't named because they're basically the other one. Mm -hmm. But uh, he essentially prescribed me one final thing of antibiotics and I was better. Well, that wasn't actually quite right. Um, <laughs> I got better before, basically, right when I saw him, I was better. And that sort of recovery was a was a huge telltale sign of that. Yeah. But um, it's prone to coming back. And of course, yeah. when you just started feeling better, you're going to start, you know, doing things again. Obviously, uh, going back to school. But then yeah. I got sick again. So then I was prescribed antibiotics, and then I was done. Funny thing, um, my cat was prescribed then the same antibiotics, and for the first time <laughs> in his entire life, he was a cat that was happy. Wow. He, you know, started like running around like he was he was so underweight his whole life um but he got better um you know he he was going outside he was like hunting things as like cats should do it was a completely different um experience mm -hmm. you know like sorry he's a completely different cat mm -hmm. two weeks later that cat was hit by a car oh my um Hargal was his name which uh, oh means my. shrimp dumpling uh it's a <laughs> dim sum dish so that was a very, very, you know, all around experience, especially even down to when I got better. It wasn't like I can be better again. I had to pass all my courses, yeah, which was obviously a lot of work, especially because you're still not in that yeah. right frame of mind. I still wasn't 100%. Um, I did manage to pass all my courses. I, I dropped one course just so I could focus my efforts more, you know, to get the job done. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an issue, though, because I could take that course as opposed to a spare later on, so I didn't need to extend my, my high school career at all. But anyway, that entire experience was it, just, I mean, awful. I mean, even down to the... Yeah. Do you start... To, I even questioned if I had anything or was it in my head. Does it make you uncomfortable talking about it? Uh, to, to an extent, yeah, of course, because especially if I'm actually giving you the nuanced, you know, description and... Mm -hmm. and um, going through the nitty-gritty mm -hmm. uh, i'm giving you a b big synopsis 
even down to the fact that when I think back of it, back to that now, I don't feel sorry for myself. Mm. I feel guilty. What? I I I feel guilty because I I saw the way, um, you know, my family felt around me oh. while I was going through that. And you know, at grade nine, you shouldn't be feeling you know that level of guilt. But I I felt I feel so terrible thinking about it even to this day because of what I put my my parents through and and people close to me. And um, I was I also feel guilty because I didn't do the best at my like I didn't do what I could have. If it was me who got sick, or if I got sick now, fortunately, I'm very, very healthy now. I never get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be a different level of, you know, effort I put in in getting better myself, you know, maximizing everything that I could. You know, it's out of your control, really, but there are tons of elements that you can do to help you improve mm-hmm. um, and get better. Or even down to, I could have been doing, you know, more of my schoolwork throughout, even, you know, I could have been getting my schoolwork sent home to me and actually doing it. But obviously at that point in time, I just didn't have it in me. I'm not obviously the same person I am now. Yeah. It seems like discomfort isn't a thing. Uh, Yeah. It's, it seems like it's, well, I was very, I was very uncomfortable then. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But 13 weeks of the, listen to this, Rigel, You, you might like this. It seems like discomfort is not a thing. Discomfort is the product of other things. So if you had guilt, maybe the guilt caused discomfort. Or if you had stress or anxiety, maybe that caused discomfort. Cause th- or you got pain. Right. Because now or, that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh. Oh, well, yeah. That's, I, I agree with that. Discomfort isn't an actual. I can't just be uncomfortable. It's. Things it's that things cause, cause me you to uncomfortable. Be yeah. Uncomfortable. So if we wanted to get into that, I would go on forever because everything makes me uncomfortable, and that explains why everything makes me uncomfortable because I'm the type of being that does not find comfort in most things. Therefore, everything makes me uncomfortable <laughs> because all of those products summed together, they're all, all everything is in some situation. I feel guilty about something or. Guilty the way I talk. It's it's even on the micro. Guilty the way I talk to that person, or I feel stressed talking to that person, or they bring me some sort of pain. <laughs> not probably not physical pain, but mental Hopefully pain. Not. Yeah, all of that is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So and that is where the uncomfort, the, the the discomfort lies mm-hmm. in the stuff. I learned basically the hard way that the universe doesn't care about you <laughs> at all. It's up to you. Yeah. Really, at the end of the day, it's it's what you do that mm-hmm. makes a difference. Yeah. So when you're in a negative circumstance, yeah. or if I get sick again, which, I, I mean, since grade nine, I have yeah. been sick. It's a different sort of attitude that you have. You maximize, you know, you eat perfect. You make sure you get yeah. perfect sleep. And you still do your work because you're still responsible yeah. for those things. You, you do everything in your power yeah. because that, no one else can. That brings up a comment. I mentioned to you a while when we first met and you didn't like it. You know what the comment was? No. The world revolves around me. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what I meant. Of course, I didn't give you any context no. at the time. Yeah. That but, just sounds like you're egotistical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, the, yeah, the, the world, because it's my world. It's what you make of exactly. it. Exactly. So the world revolves around me. It's, it's your failures or it's your successes. Mm-hmm. 
and it's up to you to follow which path you want. Exactly. Then another thing is just in developing empathy. Yeah. Going through that, I can at least say that I've experienced some level of suffering. Yeah. I mean, you know, 13 weeks. Yeah. At the time, especially when you're in grade nine, that feels like a lifetime. And obviously it's all perspective because there Mm -hmm. are people who have had it way worse than what I had. You talked about benefits uh, that you got from that discomfort. Mm -hmm. I also got some benefits from Bambi's uh, traumatic events. That's when I started saying um, it could get worse. It could be worse, you know, because she could have been worse. And that's when I started saying that. So that is an extreme benefit. Also, a lot of my goals have changed, which is crazy because it's not related to that thing. But it kind of is because she's a life. And I realized, oh, this life is very important mm-hmm. to and me. To you. And exactly. Then, then you realize that everyone else has these connections. <laughs> exactly. You I know. start realizing, oh, all these other lives are important too. <laughs> <laughs> so my goals have changed. It's, it's, it's changed from tangible things to things that are almost intangible, to like characteristics and um, you know, internal skills, yeah. stuff like that. Because like, like compassion, respect empathy love those things being a good person as right. opposed to you know what right. was your return last year on blah right. blah blah so those are those are my goals and my goal isn't to reach a certain you can't it's not something that's scalable no my no. goal is to improve period well i i appreciate that topic today Rachel. i did need to let out what i have said today i can tell because it was did. it was Pinning itself up, you know, just sticking itself on the board, you know, pages after pages just sticking themselves up. Now I just took the pen out and all the pages fell in. I have a clean, nice slate board now. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, this that's it. has been episode four <laughs> of the Conscious Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. In this podcast, we share thoughts and ideas that foster discussion that promotes using your brain. Thank you for listening today. Have a good one.